You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled The Days of Our Lives, Part 3. Enjoy. Awesome. So let's go deeper. Let's experience God through His Word and by His Spirit. Father, we love you this morning. We're here because of your amazing love. God, you've never failed us. You've never given up on us. Lord, regardless of uh, any mistakes or even when we've been unfaithful, you've been faithful. So here we are this morning in your presence. And Holy Spirit, we're relying on you, not on a man or a woman, to, to change our lives, but on you. We give you full right away in our lives to do whatever it is you want to do. Speak, Lord. Mold and shape and change us by your very own spirit, Father. And through your word, in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, we're in the middle of a red hot series here at Highway Church, and it's entitled The Days of Our Lives. Got any soap opera fans in the house? All right, that's good. (laughs) Um, We're not talking about soap operas. We're talking about our worldview, how we as disciples of Christ, how we see the world. Our worldview is spiritual, not natural. We see things differently. And not only how we see the world, but how to live in the world we're living in. And and this is part three of our series. And I encourage you to click, go to highwaychurch.us, click on that podcast button, listen to parts one and two so you can get the, the foundation of this thing. And man, I love to listen to the word and go over the scriptures and just meditate on those scriptures. Let the life that's in the word grow inside of you. It's just so good. So we learned so far that the world we're living in is really a very dark place. Woohoo! happy day. In fact, we learned that it's a fallen world that's falling apart. But (laughs) the darker it gets in the world, the brighter we shine. In fact, Romans chapter 5, I think it's verse 20, says that for where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. Is Jackson here? Kevin and Jessica. Jessica, can you stand up with Jackson? Jackson is the newest member of Highway Church, and I just realized he's here. His first day. Jackson, you're awesome, buddy. Yeah, blessings on you. I just want to come back and bless this little Jackson right now. Wow. How many weeks is he now? Three? Three weeks? And he was born on a Saturday? No. Thursday. Jackson, we bless you in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Here's a little smile. You're full of life. And we bless you and your family in the name of Jesus. Life and health and strength and joy and peace and wisdom. All your days in Jesus' name. Amen. We bless you guys. Congratulations. Oh, God is good. Yeah, the brighter we shine. And we recognize that there's more going on in the world than meets the eye, right? There's more going on than CNN reports. There's a greater reality beyond the politics and religion of man. There's the spirit realm. And we realize that there's no political party, there's no religion that can solve the issues that the world is facing. That it's Jesus that is the answer for the world today. Thank you, Andre Crouch. Right? Didn't he sing about that? Yeah. And so our worldview is spiritual. 
We see things from a spiritual perspective, not from a religious perspective, not from a political perspective. So we're not hot and bothered. We're not angry people. We're full of joy because we realize the light of Christ is infinitely greater than any dark thing going on in this world. Nothing makes us afraid. Nothing makes us afraid because Christ is living in us. We're new creations in him. So fear doesn't have any play in our lives. So how do we live in this world? Well, it's by faith. Faith in what? In the good news of Jesus Christ. In the goodness of God. Proverbs 4.18. Can you bring that up, B? It says, the way of the righteous, look at this, is like the first gleam of dawn. Have you ever seen a sunrise? Oh, I like to do that whenever I get a chance. And when, I'm, when I can see the sun come up over the water and, and get brighter and brighter, well, that's the way our lives are. Like the first gleam of dawn, which shines ever brighter until the fullness of day. So our days get brighter and brighter by putting our faith in the goodness of God. Yeah, in the goodness of God. In fact, Paul says in Romans chapter 1 that the goodness of God, the good news of Christ, is the power of salvation. Isn't that awesome? And in Romans chapter 2, he says it's the goodness of God that enables us to think differently. That's what repentance means, to think differently, right? So we are regularly, daily, throughout the day, putting our confidence in the goodness of God. What's the good news of Christ? That God loved you so much that he gave everything he could give. He gave you his son. And because of this amazing, selfless act, we know now, according to Romans 8.32, that he will gladly and freely give us everything else. And that Jesus said himself, he came that you might have life and might have it more abundantly, John 10.10. 10. So we, that's the foundation for each day of our lives. We don't let what's going on in the world interrupt or erode that foundation. We keep our faith in the goodness of God. We, we continually put our trust in him as we go throughout each day. Acts 17, 28 says, in him we live and move and have our being. Yeah. If you're not in him, you're not living. You're not moving and you're not being. <laughs> See, that's the way of the righteous. We stay in him. We stay in him by faith each day. Not by fulfilling sacraments or religious duties, but by a real daily relationship with him that comes by faith in the good news. All right? So let's, move, let's go deeper in this series. All right? Are you ready? Light is produced through faith in the goodness of God. Spiritual light is the ingredient we need to live victoriously in this world. Spiritual light. John chapter 8. Love this. Verse 12. Oh, this is good. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, 
but shall have the light of life. Now keep that scripture up there, Edith. Now back in Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, darkness covered the earth in verse 2. The first thing that God did before he restored the earth, he said, light be. There were no sun, there were no stars at that point, but light burst forth. That is the spiritual light that we're talking about. It says that that same light, that God commanded that same light to shine in our hearts as disciples of Christ in the New Testament. Jesus stands up and says, I am the light. The same light that, that changed the world in Genesis, that's Jesus. He's the light of the world. Okay, it's a spiritual light, not like these lights up here. It's much more powerful. Let's talk about natural light a little bit because there are some parallels between natural light and spiritual light. If you look in the dictionary, one of the definitions of natural light is a radiant energy. I like that, a radiant energy. The dictionary says that light is the natural agent that stimulates sight and makes things visible. I am the light of the world. Through faith in Christ, we see things that we could not see apart from faith in Christ. Hebrews 11.3 says that by faith in Christ, right, we understand that this natural world came from the realm of the Spirit. Everything we can see, taste, touch, hear, and smell comes from the realm of the Spirit. It's by faith in Christ that we understand the spirit realm. You can't understand it in any other way. All right? So light enables us to see. It brings vision. Light, it said, it said of natural light, I like this, that it's the essential ingredient for good, healthy plant growth. Yeah. Now listen, I don't know if you knew this about plants, but it's pretty cool. But they have this ability in them. They receive the light and they turn the energy of that light into the building materials they need to grow. Isn't that cool? So when more light is available, more energy is absorbed, and more growth takes place. I am the light of the world. When more light is available, more energy is absorbed, more growth takes place, and flowers wax bigger. Fruits get sweeter, and crops burgeon. So when you begin to put your faith in the good news of God, in the goodness of God, in the life that he came to give you, I've come that you might have life and life abundantly, John 10, 10. Light comes on inside of you. Light begins to shine inside of you. And the more that you meditate upon who God is, what he's done for you, and who you are in him, more light will shine, more energy will shine, the more you will grow. Because we have an ability to receive the word of God and the energy that is in that word produces growth and life inside of us. And we grow, and we grow, and life gets sweeter. And who we were created to be, be begins to blossom and to burgeon. All right, that's the light. Now, light, I don't know if you knew this, but light can kill harmful bacteria. I mean, I was reading an article online a few weeks ago about an ultraviolet lamp that they were using somewhere in the Midwest, and they found it killed uh, Ebola, the Ebola virus, um, the, and, and, and sterilized the room they were using it in. So light can kill harmful bacteria and mold. 
And that's like our relationship with Jesus. I'm the light of the world. When you stay in relationship with him, when on Monday morning when you get up, you're talking to him, you're, you're reminding yourself about how much he loves you, you're trusting in his promises for your life, See, that light of Christ is shining inside of you, and it's killing harmful bacteria like depression, mm -hmm. discouragement, right. fear, worry, see? And it, and it keeps us healthy. It keeps us strong. One of the members of my family uh, is a physician, and I've enjoyed talking with this person over the years. And one of the things they shared with me years ago, I thought it was so interesting, they talked about light being used to treat different disorders, and, and one of the things that was prescribed was a light box for one of the patients. And they were to sit in front of this light for so many minutes or, or a certain amount of time each day. I thought, isn't that interesting? They need exposure to light. Mm -hmm. What's a laser? Right? It's amplified light, right? It's an intensified beam of amplified light or energy. So Jesus says, I'm the light that you need to overcome this world. Isn't that awesome? I'm the light that will cause you to grow. I'm the life that will make your life sweeter and sweeter. I'm the light that will enable who you were meant to be to unfold and to blossom. I'm the light of the world. Now, it's, it's also uh, fun to realize and important to note the context in which Jesus said this. It appears that Jesus said this during the Feast of Tabernacles. So let's stay in John chapter 8. And, and check this out. Now, the Feast of Tabernacles was celebrated usually in September or October. And Tabernacles is another name for tents. And it's a celebration of God's salvation and God's provision when he brought them out from Egypt and led them to the promised land. They lived in tabernacles or tents. All right? So they would celebrate this feast every year. It was a week long. And if you have your Bibles, if, you, if, you're, look, if you're in John chapter 8, in John chapter 7, it's during one of the um, events of the feast where they're pouring out drink offerings before God. It's as they're pouring out these drink offerings in John chapter 7, uh, what is it, 37, somewhere in there, Jesus stands up and says, if anyone is thirsty, come to me and drink. Right? For he who believes in me from his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. Rivers, that's something I say regularly about my body. Rivers of living water flow through every cell of my body, keeping me healthy and healing others, right? Rivers of living water. So he said that in the context of this drink offering. Very powerful statement. He's declaring himself to be God. Well, when he said, I am the light of the world in John chapter 8, I'm going to read this to you. This is from the Inner Varsity New Testament Commentary. And Jesus stands up, and this is, uh, I'll just read it right out of there. I'll read it right out. Here we go. A lamp lighting ceremony took place in the temple every evening of the feast. So during which large lamps were set up in the court of women. The lamp's light, it was said, filled every courtyard in the city. In the light of these lamps, there was great singing and dancing all evening in celebration of God's salvation. And I'd like to imagine myself there with Jesus, kind of see what this was like. So there's lighting of lamps, there's celebration, there's dancing. They're, they're, they're thanking God for his salvation and provision in their lives, especially his deliverance at the Exodus as he led the people with his presence in a pillar of fire 
by night. In the sight of these great lamps in the court of women, perhaps even in the evening while they blazed, Jesus proclaims himself to be the light of the world. Thus, in the setting of this festival, which celebrates the Israelites' deliverance, Jesus is claiming to be the divine presence that saves God's people from their bondage. He is the saving presence for the whole world, not just for the Jews. Here is a promise of salvation much greater than the salvation Israel experienced. For it is deliverance not just from a national enemy, but from the forces of rebellion against God that lie behind every form of evil in the world. And this deliverance is not just a rescue from darkness and a glimpse of the light, but an ongoing life apart from darkness through possession of the light of life. Wow, one more paragraph from this commentary. The world lies in darkness and death because it has rebelled against God and thus broken contact with the one source of light and life. Jesus proclaims to be the light that brings light and life back to the world and sets it free from its bondage to sin. All the salvation that went before, such as the deliverance celebrated at this feast, was a type of this deepest and truest salvation that Jesus now offers. Powerful. So to the Israelites who've been celebrating this feast for years, this was extremely significant. And to us, as we look back and understand the context of it, it's very significant. I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Now, I want you also to be mindful. At the point in time that he said this, what happened right before that? You know, just go back a few verses. Right before that, not long before that, Pharisees, religious people, always trying to stir up, stir up trouble, right? That's what religious people do. They're, just, they're, they're, they're frustrated inside, and they try and get you frustrated. And that's what Jesus had the toughest time with religious people, right? People who were living in sin, he, and he came over the house for dinner. They, they loved being around him, but the religious people got upset around him because he had something they didn't have. He had a relationship with God. See, religion can't give you that. Faith, that comes through faith. So what happened? These Pharisees brought a woman who was caught in the act of adultery. How they worked that out, I don't know. And they brought him to Jesus to see what he would do. They're trying to trap him, to try and get any, anything they can use against him to get the people to, to, to not listen to, and not receive what he's doing. And he brings this woman caught in adultery, right? Big sin. Bad news, life-changing sin, right? And, and, and they're waiting for him to, to respond because the law says that she should be stoned. And instead of responding as they want him to respond, he, he bends down on the ground, and he's, he's, first he says to them, I think he says, uh, let him who's without sin cast the first stone. Right. And all the religious people kind of freeze. Now what are we going to do? He just turned the tables on us. And one by one, they start to walk away. And Jesus is just riding on the ground. And, and he says to the woman, he said, where are your accusers? They've gone away. And, he said, and, and this is, there's no one here that condemns me, Lord. And he says, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. What are the next words out of his mouth? I am the light of the world. 
right in the midst of that woman's shame. He says, I'm the light of the world. See, condemnation brings darkness. It brings depression, discouragement. I have good news for you. God does not condemn you for your sin. Do you see the connection between light and freedom from condemnation? Right after that, he says, I'm the light of the world. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. The light of Christ gives you victory over sin. And if you'll, if you'll trust in him, if you'll let his goodness change the way you think, you will no longer be condemnation conscious, but you'll become righteousness conscious. Because the righteousness that we need to overcome sin, we cannot generate in our, with our own willpower. You cannot defeat sin with your willpower. That's what religion tries to do. Try harder. Do more. Pray longer. Fast. Doesn't work. Jesus defeated sin for us. The righteousness that we need to live an overcoming life to resist temptation and go forward is by faith. The law can't give you righteousness. Romans is all about that. It comes by faith in who Christ is. And boy, we're all about that at Highway Church. So darkness and light. Darkness is really the absence of light, isn't it? And if you compare the two, you'll find that, that light brings life and darkness hinders life, right? And light causes growth and darkness hinders growth. Light causes healing. Darkness fosters disease. Light brings vision and understanding and darkness hinders vision. And it brings depression or discouragement. Light causes joy, and, and, and darkness fosters the opposite of that. God's word is light. Let's look at Psalm 119, verse 105. Love the word. God's word is light. Psalm 119, verse 105, largest chapter in the Bible. Anyone know how many verses there are in Psalm 119? Judy, you remember? I don't remember, there's quite a few. A lot of verses in Psalm 119. What is it, 176? All right. All right, so verse 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So as I learn the promises of God, I know what direction to go in life. His word lights the way for me. And I can make life decisions not based on what people have told me, on what's going on around me, but on the endless and pure light of his word. Same Psalm, verse 130. Same Psalm, verse 130. The entrance of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. That is good news for me. Yes, it gives, it gives understanding to us. Thank you, Lord. So the real light that we need is the Word. It's Jesus. John 1.1 1, 1 says Jesus is the Word. He's the light that we need to make life's decisions and to go forward on His path for our lives. 
That's why we, we call it Highway Church in Isaiah. It prophesies about the ministry of Christ and says that the, the blind will see, the deaf will hear, the, the dry places will become pools of water. And then it says a highway will be there. That's where the name of our church came from, Highway Church. That's Jesus. He's the highway into your destiny. He's the, he's, the, he's the one that you want to go forward with. So the real light that people need to produce the health and the joy they need is not found in Florida. It's not. It's not found in, found in Colorado or California or Hawaii. Where is it found? It's found by meditating on the promises of God. I emphasize the promises of God regularly. The Bible, all of it, from Genesis to Revelation, is the Word of God, the inspired Word of God. But there are specific promises in those pages for you. And 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4, says that it's through these precious and magnificent promises that we become partakers of God's nature. So we major in the promises of God because they are the key that enables us, enable us to have an intimate relationship with Him. All right? And as you meditate on it, like John 10.10, 10, I came that they may have life and may have it more abundantly. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. So I know anything that has to do with stealing, killing, or destroying is not from my Father. See, that's, that's a promise from Jesus. He declared his purpose, and it helps me to understand the character of God. He's about life and life abundantly. You see? Romans 8, 32, we know that he who did, did not uh, spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him gladly, freely, graciously give us all things. That's a promise. See, you meditate on those and light begins to grow and shine inside of you. And it is a light. When, when you become strong in this, you won't even notice the weather. That's right. That's right. I remember someone telling me, we've been in New England, I guess about 19 years, and someone saying, it gets dark early, so early here. I never noticed. And I heard that over and over. Finally, I started, oh, I can see what they're saying, but it doesn't matter. Well, what does that have to do with anything? <laughs> you know? See, the light that people are looking for, they'll move across the country to find it. But it's not found there. Amen. The light that produces health is the promises of God. Amen. His word is the light we need. So if you meditate on that, man, it won't matter where you live. And people make decisions on, uh, to, uh, to, to move to a place based on the weather or job opportunities. Ugh. They're missing it. See, we've chosen to make our decisions where we live, where we work, what we do based on the promises of God. That is a light that nothing can put out and that will get brighter and brighter and brighter. Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. So many believers have yet to enjoy the life-changing power of the light of God's Word. Proverbs 4, verse 20. Here's a promise. Are you ready? My son, give attention to my words, right? Incline your ear to my sayings. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to who? Everybody? 
No. To those who, those who treasure them, right? Those who look to them for answers, right? God's word's not automatic in our lives. It, it requires a decision that only you can make to treasure it in this way. See, no one else can make that decision for you. So to those who find them, it's life. Now look at this, and health to all their flesh. That word health in the Hebrew, very powerful word. It means the cure, the remedy, the medicine. Your words are the medicine for my body. The cure for my body. The remedy for all my flesh. Have you spent time meditating on that? See, I had a lot of sickness in my life prior to learning this many years ago. And when I learned this back in the mid-90s, I began to meditate on this promise. And I watched the Word of God drive out every sickness in my body just by meditating on these promises. See, and people will, will try so many other things. And I've seen so many, you know, the 20 steps to health and 10 steps to this. And, and I have yet to read a plan for health that's got Proverbs 4, 23, except from some ministers that I know. Like Kenneth Hagin, E.W. Kenyon, there it is. I just gave you the answer to health. Isn't that good? If you believe it. Isn't that awesome? You know, you can be a Christian. You can go to church your whole life and never experience the light that God brings. And one of the reasons that people have a hard time experiencing the health and the light and the life that God's words brings is because they've heard preaching of the law and of works. And boy, there's too much of that going on. So they come to church and they hear about all the things they have to do to please God. When the Bible says, by faith we please Him. That's it. <laughs> That's what you need. You need to know that He is and that He's a rewarder of those that seek Him. So the letter of the law kills but the spirit of the law brings life so far too often people ha have heard uh, preaching that enables that, that causes them to feel self-conscious insecure and they end up leaving church wondering if they're even saved and every time they go to church they get a checklist of things they've got to examine about their lives and and am I doing this right am I doing that right oh we're not doing this we better do that we need to do more of this and more of that and all of a sudden man there's no light shining in you you know you're trying you want to please God you want to follow him well sometimes you have to make a change you have to go where the light is you do. And I made that decision in 1989, and I decided I'm going to go where the light is. And thank God for the churches that are out there. But, you know, you can't hear the good news in every church you go to. And that is why we're here, Highway Church. We want people to hear light, see light, experience light when they come. Psalm 119, verse 130, we just read. But the Amplified um, says it this way. You got it up there, e? yeah. The entrance and unfolding of your words give light. See? You can hear one person, one, one minister say one scripture, and you'll feel condemned. 
You hear another minister say that same scripture, it'll set you free. Because it's a spirit in which it's delivered. True, true, true. Where's the light? The entrance, uh, excuse me, the entrance and unfolding of your word gives light. Their unfolding gives understanding, discernment, and comprehension to the simple. So living by works will wear you out. You can't do enough good things to, to earn favor with God. It's impossible. It's living by faith that will bolster you, strengthen you, pick you up, give you hope and inspiration and strength. And what's wonderful, here we are, people who've made mistakes, people who've fallen short of the glory of God, but I can come before God any time, day or night, without shame, with boldness, because of what His Son did for me. And you can too. Isn't that good? The light and life of Christ. Our last scripture, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 11. I don't know if you've noticed in the Bible, but there's a bunch of imperfect people in there. Have you noticed that? The father of our faith, Abraham, made a lot of mistakes. He lied. He was deceitful, right? He told the king that, that his wife was his sister. That's deception. Sarah laughed when, when, when God said they were going to have a baby. Look at Hebrews 11, 11. So you would think, well, God can't use these people. Hebrews 11, 11, it was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren and was too old. She believed that God would keep his promise. I just like looking at that. She believed. How simple is that? So God fulfilled his promise in her life not based on her behavior based on her faith. I like that. The King James says it this way, through faith also, Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed. I like that. And was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. See? So we encourage at Highway Church to judge God faithful. That even if you've been unfaithful, he's faithful. He'll be faithful to you. Because his faithfulness to you is not based on how faithful you've been to him. It's based on how faithful his son Jesus was. So the, the, the promises fulfilled in our lives is based upon not our performance, but the performance of his son. Amen. So that's how, that's how we live in this world. That's how the days of our lives get brighter and brighter and brighter. We cultivate this regular trust in the goodness of God that Jesus did everything that needed to be done for us to live life and life abundantly. So we encourage you guys to let the light of God's promises illuminate every day of your week. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you for this time together. You are amazing. Lord, we just receive the light of your word this morning. Your word brings light and life and growth and health and strength and confidence and boldness and joy. And Father, I pray for for anyone here who's battling discouragement or depression, 
in any way, shape, or form. Father, I ask you to do something wonderful by your Spirit right now to cause the light of your Son, Jesus Christ, to radiate in their hearts, in their minds, in their soul, to strengthen them, Lord God, that they would taste and see how good you are and how much you love them. In Jesus' name. Faith in the goodness of God produces light in our lives, the light we need to live victoriously in this world. Fill your hearts and minds with God's word and let the light of his promises illuminate every day of your life. In Jesus' name, amen.